Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. So welcome to another episode of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I hope that you enjoyed our extensive month-long series focused on marriage and partnerships, and you got a lot from that series, as well as last week's episode that was focused on Pandas Pan's awareness um, with Deborah Marcus talking about her book, The Parent's Survival Guide to Pandas Pans, and really giving some ideas about how to mark Pandas Pan's awareness day as well. We are back again this week as we continue into the fall, getting into something a little bit different. We're going to talk about mastering change, but with a bit of a different slant. So in the past, I've talked on the podcast with different practitioners about change and transitions, since they're such a big part of our life and they can be really challenging. So episode 92 was How to Master Transitions with Rachel Shumway, where we heard kind of like a coaching perspective and a lot of tools and tips and techniques about how to get in the right mind about transitions. This time we're going to take a bit of a different perspective. We've got Stephen Tuig on the podcast. He's the founder of Mastering Change, and he's going to dig a little bit into his background with change and then how he uses something called shadow work as part of his life. So if you don't know what shadow work is, we're going to get into that. Stephen's going to give some examples about how to use this and what it is and how it comes in to being. We're also going to talk a little bit about plant medicine. He's got some ideas on that topic. Stephen's got tons of Um, experience in terms of coaching and work. He's done over 10,000 strategic interviews working for Tony Robbins. A lot of um, knowledge that he's bringing to this podcast and so really interested to get into these conversations about shadow work which like many of you maybe you've kind of heard that term but I didn't really know what it was and then how we can benefit from it, and then get into mastering change. So I hope you enjoy this podcast this week, something a little bit different with our guest, Stephen Tuig. So welcome, Stephen, to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. I'm grateful to be connecting with you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've had some technical issues today, so I uh, really appreciate your patience. Why don't we start with you just providing us a little bit about your background and then how you got into coaching on change? Yeah, I'm what you might call a wounded healer kind of thing. Um, When I was three years old, my stepmonster, I call her my stepmonster, my stepmother physically tortured me. She locked me in a basement and... um, pulled my hair out, beat me, stuff like that. And I think that's probably where it began was being locked, feeling as though I was locked in that basement and some part of me um, was just missing. And so I went through, you know, up until 40 years, 30, 40, 40 year old man, 47 year old man, thinking that at some level I was being locked in the closet and it led me, you know, therapy, um, addiction, AA, NA, all that other, all the A's, I did all that and nothing seemed to be working. And, and, and then I finally ran into a piece of work or what I would call medicine called shadow work. And this was, uh, geez, April 2000, um, when I was first introduced to my shadow. And right then I knew. I, I wasn't, you know, people think you do go do shadow work and all of a sudden you're fixed. I wasn't fixed. 
by no means, but I was given a practice that allowed me the ability to start to work my way out of some of the stories that I was unconsciously telling myself from the, you know, from all the abuse that I'd been suffering from. I'm sorry to hear about that past yeah. and, and the challenges there. Maybe you can dig in a little bit more than how you started to focus on change and, and your approach. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of kind of like the way that we're connecting now. Notice how um, we're having a difficulty with the line, difficulty with you being able to hear me with the, with the audio, with the, with the microphones, all the technology, the actually connection between you and I, how there's a separation. Mm-hmm. Now there's this almost like this angst going on inside of my body. I'm assuming that in your body you probably feel something similar, right? Well, when, once that angst starts to set in, the mind – is built to create meaning. That's what it does. It, it, it you know, if you think of when you think of when you were born, the the software that is the mind, uh, you know, version you kind of thing, right? Uh, came online and said meaning, and and started to ask the question, what does this mean? Where is God? Who is God? What? Who am I? Where am I? And and then layer after layer after layer of answer started coming, and as those answers started coming, you started to then stand on top of those. And if some of that angst, like what we just experienced through our uh, technical difficulty was something that happened back there, but it was traumatic and it was while we were a baby, we had to make some meaning. Why was I not able to connect with her? Right. When, when a baby, when a baby is, when we're born, you know, when a mother tells a baby, no, like don't touch that. It's hot. You'll see the baby. It'll look down and away. And that's a trauma response. And what that is, is that's a disconnection. Now, that's a, it's, it's, you got to tell your baby no, right? But then how did that baby reconnect? And then later on down the road, we learn that it's bad. And when things are bad, I feel disconnected. Why am I disconnected? And then the mind is always asking why, why, why? And how, how, how? And most of the time, that's unconscious. So the National Science Foundation suggests that 95% of your thoughts are repetitive. You're thinking the same thoughts you've been thinking over and over and over. And it also suggests that 80% of them are negative. I mean, just look back on your day. And see that you seem to be, people seem to, it's because the mind craves patterns. We get set into a groove and a way of doing things, and it's easier. Thinking new thoughts is very expensive. Uh, thoughts that you've already thunk, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're much cheaper. They're much more energy efficient. And it already takes over 20% of your caloric intake just to think. So the mind wants to go just on default. We call it the default mode network. Comes online and just kind of, like you're driving home from the office or something, and you're in a daze and you just show up in the parking lot and you don't know how you got there. Well, thank you, default mode network, for getting me home safely, right? Well, that, those, that default mode answers like, am I a good person? Or why don't I have love? Or um, why can't I succeed? Or just general blueprints of how the world works. It's all loaded in your unconscious. And you're, you're then experiencing those filters of reality through this lies layers and layers and layers of story that you told yourself and that's causing all the trauma i I believe i've come to after 22 years of doing shadow work i've come to believe that this is the primary source of all suffering in the world is through shadow oh wow okay um and and it sounds really interesting i've not heard much about shadow work and um you know i can sort of imagine it's it's maybe that dark side in us or, or something like that but maybe you can explain that to me <laughs> yeah so so just for a second what i what i what i'd like for you to do is i just like i'll show you i i can't really explain it it's not a it's not an objective thing that i can some things have to be earned they can't be learned 
kind of thing, okay. right? So just for the next 10 seconds, what I want you to do, we'll just see how many you can see how many you can find. I want you to look around the room and I want you to find everything in the room that's red. Ready? Go. Look for everything that's red. 10. See everything there. Eight. Make sure you get it all. Six. When you want to be successful, four, three, two, close your eyes. Your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. How many things did you see that were blue? <laughs> and, and you didn't, did you? And, no. <laughs> and, isn't, and isn't it true that you made pink red? Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why is because we get what we focus on. And so what happens when I was three years old, I was locked in the basement, but you know, that was pre-verbal. So I didn't know how to communicate to you that I feel like I'm trapped in this. I'm, 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 I'm scared and I feel like I'm not going to be able to get out of the basement. This is pre-verbal. And oh, by the way, when my, my mom finally got me out of that mess, found out what was going on and got me out of there. The prevalent thought of the time back then was to just don't not, don't just don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it'll go away. Give it, don't worry. All time heals all wounds kind of thing. And, and we all know like, Oh yeah, that makes plenty of sense how somebody would be taught something stupid like that. And so they just, they were just doing the best they could with the data they've been given. So now I'm this three-year-old kid and I feel like I'm trapped in a basement, but I don't know. And at any time my mind is going, don't worry, Steve. I'll keep you safe. And the mind comes online and it, and it creates what, what we call a split. So the mind is now looking. Some part of you is always, some part of me was always looking for how am I going to get caught in that basement? And what if it's not a basement? It, and then the basement starts to morph into a metaphor for life and relationships and finances and health and fitness. And I'm at now 40 years old and, and, I, and I'm, I'm no longer trapped in the basement, but I feel like it's still. Because the mind holds on to those things, right? It's, it's like time is just an illusion. Time isn't real. Part of me still feel felt like it was trapped in the basement. So now I'm 40-some years old. I'm not trapped in the basement. And a three-year-old trapped in the basement looks different than a 40-year-old that tra- thinks he's a three-year-old trapped in a basement. Does that make sense? And yeah. so now I'm, I'm talking with my wife about taxes, and I feel like, why are you trying to corner me? But that's not what's going on because I'm and, – and this isn't just a trauma response. The gift that that gave me, because I believe that our suffering is sacred, what that gave me was the ability to see all this unconscious programming. I call it algorithms that the mind creates over and over and over unconsciously, and then we have the same patterns of suffering. The same – you kept seeing the, like the, the, the names change to protect the guilty kind of thing, and it's always – there's these projections that we're living out of where – you're trying to eat me. Now you're trying to eat me. And with COVID, COVID is a prime example. You see the Democrats going, the Republicans are trying to eat me. And you see the Republicans jumping over at the Democrats, the Democrats trying to eat me. No, we have this collective shadow that for 3.5 million years, we were food and we were chased and we were eaten. And so now we actually have something we're being, you know, God sent us all to a timeout, everybody <laughs> go to your rooms kind of thing. It's like, well, what did I do wrong? So that's why we're seeing, you know, the, the divorce rates of have doubled the suicide rates have shot through the roof. The addiction is at an all time high, like overdoses are fentanyl overdoses down here in Florida are just unacceptable. And it's mm-hmm. because we're not having this conversation around the shadow around the parts that we hide, repress and deny. And, and it's coming back to bite us in the butt. It's time to wake up. And so what are the tools then that we can use to approach the shadow work? That's a great question. Um, you know, as, as far as tools go, it's, it's, you know, again, it's the, it's the remind, there's a couple of things that I always say, first understand that you're, it's your suffering that's sacred. Because if I don't have some way of seeing that I'm lying to myself, then I'm just reacting. I'm experiencing the lie and don't even know it. Does that make sense? 
It's like I, I, I've got before me to know, for for me to know what success is. I've got to I've got to experience failure. It's just it's just not it. There's no other way for you to experience that this isn't this isn't true. I am good enough. I am this. I am that. This is not. This is a lie. So I've got to experience that suffering point. And so anytime you find a condensed feeling, uh, a condensed feeling would be um, angry, frustrated, uh, scared, overwhelmed. Um, any, 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 any kind of a charge, we call them a charge where you feel charged. And it's like, why do I feel, just think of that person that, um, just irks you. Everybody's got one, right? Mm -hmm. Just for whatever reason, every time they come in the room, they just rub you the wrong way. It's like, okay, well, the question becomes, how does that make you feel? And so the first, first rule is to, to go into suffering is sacred. And then the second, and we call it, I call it the primary rule of shadow work. The first rule of shadow work is that we lie to ourselves first. You think that you're, this person is making you feel this way, but they're not. You feel this way because there's a charge in you, and they are then holding the space of allowing you to see where you've got an algorithm running on the bo- ba- uh, in the background that's causing you suffering. And I've, ch- I've found this to be true in every – I mean, I've been all around the world. I've done over 10,000 strategic interviews by working for Tony Robbins. I've been, I've been to Serbia, Australia, Canada. I've, I've, been, I've been translated in seven different languages, and this is true no matter what culture you're in doesn't matter what side of the planet you're on. We lie to ourselves about where we're at over and over and over a series of lies. And those lies then cause us to feel a certain way. And if we don't want to feel that way about ourselves, we then project it out on the outside world so that the system that's called the mind can try to come to some kind of understanding of why I'm suffering with this lie that I'm telling myself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so really like this kind of, is overarching into our whole life. Like this would yes. really affect everything that we're doing. Yes. This is going to, this, I mean, shadow is the parts of you that hide, repress and deny. It's, it's the way that you make meaning in your world. I've got a client up in Canada who runs a, you know, a multimillion dollar shipping company. And, you know, we get on the phone and we talk about the CFO or we talk about the CIO or we might talk about there's 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 different ways of in here. Typically, nine times out of 10, if there's something going on, the system runs well, if the system like I'm a strategist, right? So it's practicality. The system Mm -hmm. runs right. And the and the and the dashboard that the, the business owner has, if there's a problem in that business, most of the time, it's because either a somebody thinks something is that isn't or B. The leader somehow thinks that they should be running left when in that in essence they should be running right. Go down underneath that. It's because I thought this or I saw that. And we go into relationships and it's like going to go into your relationship. Think of the last time that you fought. You know, but think the last time you 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 hooked something up or couldn't you couldn't get something done or dinner was late or couldn't figure out what food you wanted to go to. Like how many times have you gotten into what do you want to eat tonight? Well, what do you want to eat tonight? And that tension that comes up, that shadow. What am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling that in my body? And, and really doing the introspection, allowing yourself to go into the pain because our ego, we're, we're, we're wired to run from pain. We're ri- wired to shut that down. We're not wired to not think about it, to numb it out. And that's the very thing that's causing the problem. We're trying to run from something and anything you resist persists. So then, so then it, the, the, the experience gets bigger and bigger and people get divorced and, and jobs get lost and you know, bad pe- uh, hurt people hurt people. It's just the way the world and, and, and shadow gets passed on to person, to person, to person. So it's being willing to really take a hard look at why am I really feeling the way that I'm feeling? Okay. And so the key tool really that you're saying is that introspection, like spending that time and tuning into yourself. Yep. Yep. And, and that's the, that becomes therein lies the rub. 
Because again, we lie to ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be willing to hear the lie. I have to be willing to, I have to be willing to look at that part of myself that I don't want to look at that, that little boy who, who feels like he's trapped, that nobody likes him. So I'm going to stay quiet. I'm not going to say anything to anybody because if I say to something to somebody, they're going to crush me. Right. So there's this part of me that then when that guy comes online, I start to shut down automatically out of safety, totally unconscious that I'm inside that story trapped inside the container of the blueprint of reality that I made clear back there. And I don't even know it. So I got to be willing to see that. And then I got to be willing to really, I got to know then how to go down and assess because if you miss by an inch, miss by a mile when you're doing shadow work. It's like, um, you know, they used to catch monkeys in India. They would, they would open up a gorge and then they would put some fruit in it. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of this? The way how no. they tra- trap in? Yeah, they, so they take a gorge and they put fruit in it. And, and the hole's just big enough for the monkey to put their hand in there. And they'll just go up to a tree. I mean, the monkeys see all this go down and, and they'll just go up to a tree and they'll tie that, that gorge to the tree. And then they'll walk off and sit right there in the clearing smoking cigarettes and monkeys being what they are they just curious and that's what we are really hair, hairless monkeys they just go up and they go oh what's this they put their hand down in there they close their hand around that fruit and then they go to pull it out and because the monkey can't see his hand he can't see where he's you know this is the hand i gotta open up my hand since he can't see that he can't make the distinction to open his hand and you'll see that i got i show the video in some of my trainings the 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 the, the Soldiers just come right up and you'll see these monkeys biting at their hands, trying to like literally trying to bite their arm off. And the, and the, and the, uh, soldier just come up and untie him, untie the gorge, go put them. And there'll be another monkey setting them right next to another monkey. Like this wasn't the first time that happened in that grove. That one monkey saw the other monkey and he followed right behind him, did the exact same thing. And it's because you, you and I as humans, we have to make meaning and, and that meaning um, nature is always pushing that down to the unconscious. It's uh, mother nature always wants to push to the mechanical so that you don't have to think once you've thought once you've said, this is what that means. doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it's painful truth. It doesn't matter if it's a half truth. All you have to do is believe it a little bit. And then you start pushing it down to mechanical. And the more you use that groove in your mind, the more certain you become that that's what it is. And you develop these strategies to then cope with this lie that you're telling yourself over and over and over, it just wraps you up. And you're like that monkey who's got your hand around something because you're afraid to let go. Because if I let go of this, you know, better to deal with the demon than have than the demon that I know. So you got to know exactly where it is. And that's where a guide comes into play just to teach you kind of the tools of how to plumb down there. Like we've never been taught even how to clean out that filter in our mind. Mm-hmm. We just, we're just running around, you know, everybody's just running around thinking that there's someplace that they're not and then projecting their pain onto other people. And then they're fighting a battle based upon something that happened back there with a person that wasn't even involved with the trauma to begin with. And so th- that it's really the guide then that helps to n- helps us to know when we've hit it. Cause I can see that, like, you know, having done different introspection or therapy or like different things, you know, you start to come up with these stories. And so sometimes they're true and sometimes they're kind of true. Like, and so I, I'm wondering how, how does the guide know? How does everybody know when you've actually really gotten to the bottom of it? Oh, you know. <laughs> you know, we call them aha moments. Uh, we, ah, okay. we do a, we do a weekend. I got one coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks down here in Orlando called uh, shadow ceremony, shadow ceremony.com. And, and what we do is we drive down in and, and it, we call it the weekend of wow. Cause once you get underneath whatever, whatever conundrum you've kind of, whatever pretzel you've kind of wrapped yourself up in, whatever, you know, uh, 
shame spiral, whatever, whatever pain point, and I've seen just about anything you could possibly think of get pulled out on that carpet. Once you see it, you go, oh, that's what I'm doing. So now like I'm, I'm talking to my wife and I notice that all of a sudden I feel like I'm getting wrapped up. I can check myself and go, wait a minute. Oh, I'm in that basement. Oh, and all of a sudden now it's like, you know, the whole, the whole goal is consciousness. It's, it's, it's integration. Shadow integration is making the unconscious conscious. Once I bring consciousness into the actual uh, strategy or algorithm that my mind has developed, once I see it and I know that it's a lie, all I do need to do now is keep it out in front of me so that I can be aware that I'm lying to myself when this comes up. So anytime I start to feel trapped, that's my go-to. Well, it's because I, oh, I'm in that basement. Hang on, little Steven. Come here a minute. Like I can do the work necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't necessarily need a guide to that. A guide is really well because, again, remember, we lie to ourselves first. And a guide isn't going to have any answers. So that's the thing. I mean, you need to ha- you have the answers. A, ru- a, a good shadow guide, I've been practicing for 22 years. A good shadow guide has no answers. Like I'm not a guru. I don't know. I don't have a, this, I don't do therapy. Like I, I'm, I'm not any of that. I'm, I'm a guy who's bumped his head <laughs> so many times up against that pole. It's like, watch that pole. Ooh, ah, yeah. See, I bet that hurt your head, right? Yeah. I figured, look, that's going to probably leave a knot, man. You might want to have that looked at like that kind of thing. I'm that kind of guy. And so it's like, well, what are, everything that I'm going to do is I'm going to point you back to you. Everything that I do points you back. Like, well, what, 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 what are you feeling in your body and what is that telling you? And where did you pick that up from? And what kind of a person did that make you? And um, all the way down into your, Oh, I remember this is where I picked this up at. Uh huh. And when you picked up that strategy, what did you tell yourself? I told myself I was never going to trust anybody ever again. Uh huh. And when you feel like you can't trust anybody, what do you do? Oh, I closed down. Mm-hmm. And you see that feel how that, what that feels like. I, do you feel it? Yep. Okay, great. Now, you know, when you're in it and now I have a, I've got processes that I can take people through right the that nerve that open nerve that's reaching that's yearning for something we can now close that we can close that circuitry so that you can move on in your you know floating down the river of the story of you kind of thing you can untether that the boat called now and start to move forward into the next chapter of your life whatever that would be so that you can realize your true potential And so, you know, you use the example of relationships. Do you find that, like, for instance, couples, like, are they best to both be doing this work? Well, I mean, here's the thing. No, yes and no. My my wife came to the work because I'm in the work. And um, so so no, anytime you change. So if you say you're having a trouble, you're you're a you're a wife having trouble with your husband or a husband travel. You don't necessarily need for the other person to do their work. Like it's like any Mm -hmm. chemical reaction. Everything is very practical. If I go into a chemical reaction and I change that, the, 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 the the amount, the quality, the, the uh, consistency, the actual, the actual chemical itself in any chemical reaction, what's going to happen with that chemical reaction? It's going to change, right? I mean, automatically we know this. It's very practical. Yes. Okay. So when I go into a relationship, if you change the way that you show up for things, the things you show up for will change. They have to. They can't not change. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that things work. And so, but I found with my wife that we've come into this relationship where she's my battle buddy. And so it's, it's like, I know I lie to myself. She knows she lies to yourself, herself. And, and we give each other enough room to where they were. I'm willing to see, I, I have the space to feel safe enough to see the lie. And then I can separate it, my work out. She gives me space to do my work. And I do the same for her. For example, she came on this, she, she came on this, this mass, this massive pop just like three, four weeks ago, this, this shadow that she was standing on. 
And now I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow, that was really deep. And then I, I get to go turn inside myself and go, well, if she's doing that, how likely is it that I'm doing that? And sure enough, there was a piece of work right there for me. You know what I mean? And so it's like very practical in the way that it operates. And so now we can come each other and we've got a deeper level of connection. It's like, oh, when you do this, this is the story I'm telling myself. Oh, that is not even close to what I thought. I thought this was the story you were telling yourself and which then triggered this story in me. It's like now we have a conversation and we know what's going on on the inside of ourselves as well as what's going on on the outside. So it's deep in the relationship beyond anything. You know, somebody who doesn't do shadow work. I believe that until you go to this level where, you know, I roll over and go, wait a minute, you're not my mom. You're not my, you know, and she rolls up. Well, wait a minute. You're not my dad. Like you're not who I thought you were. And I, I roll over and you're not who I thought. Oh, well, let's find out who we are. And we get to fall in love with each other all over again and over and over and over again. And so it's, it's, it's the, it's a constant love story now, as opposed to, you know, a, a, just a relationship where we're partners and we're, we we're raising kids together. We are, we're, we're doing the dive. We're doing the, we're asking the ancient question deep, deep in our, in, in our body, you know, who are we and, 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 and how can we love each other a bit deeper? Yeah. And so then do you find, you know, even in the rest of your life that you're just like, you're much more in tune in terms of self? Like, I know I often yeah. will say like, sometimes I just don't even know what I want. Right. And so is that, does this really help to uncover that as well? Well, now we're talking about a D-Nox, what I call a dark night of the soul. Um, because there's just times, you know, we have these fate happens to us, right? Like things happen. And so why does life happen to us? I believe the purpose for dark nights of the soul is they turn us inward. They make me go, okay. And, and I, I call them, I call them navigation equipment. I mean, it's a compass. Am I coming from fear? Am I focused on fear? Am I focused on love? Am I focused on what I want? Or am I dealing with circumstances? Am I, am I, am I, you know, am I, am I, am I shrinking? Am I, am I compressed or is my, is my, uh, uh, consciousness expanding, like what, which direction am I going? And once I know that, am I, am I, am I giving, am I receiving, am I open to receive, am I taking, like, what am I doing inside my body? And when I know now how to make those adjustments inside my body, I can now make, I can now change. It's like changing my whole reality because I'm, I'm, I'm checking inside myself and going, okay, what's going on on my dials? What check in with what I'm really doing. A lot of time, if I'm feeling compressed, it's because I'm not open to receive the love that's right in front of me. And I, and, and so then what I do is I take, and I mean, think about it, how much, how much of your, our programming is built around take. We're in a consumer based economy. Like it's a false economy where we're just constantly, all of us are just buying, buying, buying. And you turn on the TV and um, you know, you need this car or you need this thing or you need this. And if somebody's, you know, we, we train for the victim identity and that victim identity then locks in. And now I'm going to get a narrative that I have to have a, I, at that that point, the only narrative I'm going to get is a victim-based narrative, and I'm going to tell myself stories that are victim-based, and I'm going to have a blueprint of the world that I'm constantly being victimized, and that's how I'm going to feel, and then I'm going to feel as though I don't have any agency and that I'm trapped inside of that victim state, and I feel like I'm, I don't, can't do anything but act out. Like It all comes back down to if I'm willing to work on the dials on the inside, I can transform every, every, every last aspect of that. Okay. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I could see that this is, yes, for sure, very powerful. And so then that, how does that then link to change? So is the idea that sort of once you've dialed into yourself and you know, um, kind of like not your triggers, but different things that and patterns that you're doing that the next time you're going through change, you're not going to have those reactions? 
No, I, 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 that's one of the common, like you, you, uh, it's, uh, that'd be great. It would sell my, it would sell my, my programs. It would sell my coaching. You know what I mean? Come to me and I'll solve your problems. That's a lie. Like that's just a lie, but it, it does allow me to keep it out in front of me because now I'm conscious that my, I've got this, this, this software application in my, that boots up when the, when the computer that is Steven boots up, there's, there's certain things that boot up automatically. One of them is this feeling that at any moment you could be trying to trap me. And it could come out as easy as, you know, uh, you know, the car in front of me pulls in front of me and then slows down. Or it could be as easy as you ask me a question that pushes me down a road that makes me ask a difficult answer, a difficult, you know, it could be just that simple. And I've got to be aware of there's that algorithm running that's keeping aware of times when I may feel like I'm being trapped. Does it make sense? Mm, yeah. And so the more I work against that, then what happens is my mind finds another groove. And the more it finds that other groove, the easier it is for me to not go into that habitual unconscious that's sitting down in the default mode. The mind goes, oh, I need to find another way. He's not taking that route anymore. I need to find another lesson. We're looking at it. We're not going down that road anymore. And now what's happening because the mind is built to create meaning. That's what we're here for. We're create. We're here to create purpose. We're here to create meaning. We think we need to uncover this, and we well at some level, yes. But my ego doesn't know what that is. My ego is just along for the ride. When I get connected to the deeper part of me that sits beyond my ego, now all of a sudden I, I I get on purpose. All of a sudden I feel like now for some reason it's like God is working through me, kind of thing. I'm just I'm just on purpose. It's just in the groove, kind of thing. And I, the goal is to, I think to get to that. I think the goal is to uncover our superpowers. That our trauma, that are that are that are moments where we're tightened, where we're resisting what is, uncovering those, learning how to let go. That's what you know. This work is all about letting go of the lie, mm. and 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 attaching to deeper and deeper parts of the truth, which is you or God having a human experience when it boils right down to it. Right, and then life would generally be if I mean the idea being if you're working on purpose, you're feeling more um, at ease with yourself and all of those things, more fulfilled, well, maybe. Yeah. So, so my mission is to create a world where everybody reaches their true potential by making the impossible possible. That's the. It's actually getting ready to get a tune-up because I just sat through ceremony, and and so I'm getting I'm going to be upgrading it soon. But that's my. And every morning I get up and I state that my purpose is to channel light, love, and grace. Now. My mission is for when I want to go in and pull, I, I go in, you know, through my work and shadow work, I go pull, help people to get out of that metaphorical basement, people that feel stuck, people that can't see the road ahead of them, people that need to see around a corner, people that feel as though they just can't break free from wherever they're at. That's when I get called in. I get called in when, you know, it's like, I don't know what to do here. Well, let me ask you a question. And we find that answer. So that's my superpower. I got really, really good at that. That came from those, those D-knots, those dark nights of the soul where I had to uncover something, right? So that's what the D-knots is for, my, that, to, to deal with the mission. Now, my purpose is just how, why, what I'm here to do. So that if I'm not, like imagine if all of a sudden there were no kids trapped in the basement no more, where that's the goal, right? Where the world is mm-hmm. no longer living out of this nightmare that we all seem to be living in. Well, then what? Well, now I can just Share light, love, and grace. I can have a, you know, I can, I can just be. So that's purpose. Purpose, I think, is just what you are. It's the fruit. Whereas the mission is the, the, the what, what, what you, what has grown out of you based upon, you know, how the world. This is the hole that that I've been put here to plug, and that's typically tied to wherever it was that, you know, whatever, whatever hole that you've stepped into is probably the hole you need to first be plugging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't go looking for a hole to plug. There's plenty to be plugged into in your life. That's, that may very well be what you're here to do kind of thing. 
And through mm-hmm. that process, you you go through this spiritual. You join the you 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 get on the, the hero's journey. Like you 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 get in the subjective experience of it all. I believe I believe that that's really like if you go back in and look at every, you know, Joseph Campbell called it the monomyth. We all have a story that we're telling. We're here to live out a story. There's a story that is you, and you're and you're and you're telling the story all the time. Like right now, if you're listening to this, you're telling yourself either this guy's a nutcase or wow, this guy's really onto something or I can feel it. Whatever it is, there's a, mm-hmm. in your head right now, there's a voice and it's telling you what to believe about whatever it, you're making up a story. You're making up meaning around what you're being told. And it's typically if you really allow yourself to look at it, it's based upon meaning that you've already created. If you're if you're mad about something because you're in a you're in a you're you're stuck in a, a well then this is probably pissing you off <laughs> you know what I mean and if you're feeling desperate then this is probably making you this is probably triggering that too and it's not about the it's not about the data like suffering never sits in the data suffering sits in the story and so once you give yourself permission to go into the subjective experience of the story and that you know down into the suffering the shadow guide will take you down into that pain the dark areas that you're automatically wanting to not look at. You'll pull up this massive amount energy, you'll pull out insights, you'll pull out awareness, you'll pull out superpowers that people look at you and go, I don't even know how you do that because you've picked it up from the one place that nobody ever wants, ever thinks to look. And so you, you have insights that other people just by nature are designed to not, not even look for. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I can see that that would be, yeah, super powerful. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I guess just in terms of people that would want to be involved, like I could see this, this could really be anybody, right? Or do you have in your work, like common, maybe traumas that people have been through and they tend to gravitate towards this work? Or is it just everybody? Well, I mean, I've dealt with, I've, I've dealt with everything from your multi, I did over 10,000 strategic interviews with business owners from around the world. I mean, Tony Robbins strategic had me run, uh, interventions for literally flying around the world doing these interventions for business owners looking at what keeps them stuck what keeps them from being successful i've worked with homeless i spent two years working with the homeless in colorado springs um i've worked with business owners i've worked with homeless i've worked with addicts i spent a considerable amount of time working work with one of the the mother of modern day recovery coaching um, and then I came down here and now I'm in Florida. I've spent the last three years working with ayahuasca and people coming down here working with psychedelics. And it's, again, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, there's not an area, um, it, it's when you're ready to take, it's, it's for those people really ready. Cause a lot of times you see people that they want to solve their problem or they want to be more successful or they don't want to hurt anymore. Or they want to, geez, I want a relationship, but they don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. Or and then there's the other type of person that they'd rather have a problem than solve it. That, right. Like we only change. There's two reasons. One, when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change or when the solution becomes greater than the problem could ever be. That kind of thing. When you've reached that point, that's typically if you're a business owner that's like trying to step up and get to the next, like, you know, trying to sell their business, they'll come to me because they know they need to. And I want to make sure. So it's that transition stage is typically where people are coming to me. It's like I need to cross through this threshold and I need support getting through that threshold. That's when people typically reach out to me. Mm, Okay. So that's where mastering that change piece comes in. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I know that you are very involved in plant medicine. You kind of mentioned it there. Did you want to chat about that a little bit or maybe explain some of what you're doing there? Well, it's again, I've, I've, 
I'm studying shadow work and started this journey April 2000. I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I, and I started chasing this, you know, can, what is this, what is this thing called shadow? And it's led me, went and spent 10 years working for Tony Robbins, studying under him because he was doing the work at a very high level and went into sales and then went into uh, addiction therapy and then went into work with the homeless. And, and then I came down here to, to Orlando. Everybody was talking about this ayahuasca, this ayahuasca kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, all right. I went and gave it a try. And I mean, it taught me a level of shadow that I didn't even know. Like I would have never been able to work at the level that I'm able to work. It's like going through 10 years of, uh, of college. Every time you sit with the medicine, this, you know, there's this plant, I call it Iowa. It's a, it's actually a vine. It's ayahuasca. And it's, it's a vine that's crossed with the Krishuna, uh, Chacruna, uh, uh, root. And they, it's in, comes from Peru and it's, you know, they got, you think of the amount of plants they have there. They took these two plants and they boiled them up and for somehow, some way it's got an, what they call an MAOI inhibitor. And so there's this thing called DMT that allows, they call it the, the, the God, the God molecule. And you take it and, you know, after about 45 minutes, it's the worst tasting, foulest thing that you could ever, like every time you drink it, you go to yourself, why am I doing this? This is the nastiest tasting. Mm. Like you drink it and the next thing you know, you're transported and you have, you know, this medicine somehow knows you better than you know yourself. And and it goes in and, and it shows you, you know, this is what's going on. And, you know, this is where you've, this is the story you're telling yourself. And this is the lie you're telling yourself. And here's how that lie is unfolding. And so, you know, shadow work and the ayahuasca plant really do work hand in hand and, and uh, psilocybin's the same way. I mean, it's all really making the unconscious conscious is what it is. And so the, the two tools, the two medicines then build in what they call an entourage effect, where if you're working with the medicine and you're doing shadow work, now you're really doing something because you're taking that, that unconscious thing that you pulled out of the experience and you're now integrating that into your world so that you can be a better father, you can be a better husband, you can be a better wife, you can be a better sister, you can be a better, you can better be, a, be a better human is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just think of your identities and your roles and what if you could do that better and what if you could bring more consciousness to those roles. I mean, every area of your life, you, the quality of every area that you're in is a direct reflection from the amount of consciousness that you put into it. Just look at your own life and see that it's true. And and what this plant does is it helps you bring consciousness to areas where you've 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 unconsciously decided that's painful. I don't want to deal with that. And you set yourself up in a loop to where you're re-experiencing these 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 traumatic experiences over and over and over, and you can't figure out how to get out of them. So you know they're, they're finding that it works there. And oh, by the way, it's going to stretch your. You're going to start to. It's going to bring. It connects you to your inspiration. So your creativity shoots through the roof. All of a sudden, you start to understand how people operate at the core level. So now I'm able to to be closer to you and understand you. And oh, now my empathy shoots through the roof because I understand why I make those stupid mistakes. And so now I can give you a little bit more room for the stupid mistakes that you're going to make. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? So mm-hmm. you know, it's not for everybody. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely not for everybody, but. Uh, for those people who are called to to work with plant medicine, it, it's it's a it's quite an experience. Wow! Yeah, no, it sounds super powerful, and I'm sure like with a guide and all of those things, right? Is well, wow. integration. You don't and, and and you don't need a guide. Like I, again, I bounced around, bumped my head around in this thing for 22 years, but I was trained by some pretty genius people. Like the people that taught me, I'm just blessed to be able to have the questions in my body that I have, so that I know what to ask myself and others. 
but you know, bumping around in the dark, I mean, you're going to eventually run into something that you're going to, that's bigger than you because shadow by very design is going to be bigger than you. That's why you feel addicts are like, I just can't quit. Well, yeah, because you're at that addict part of you is bigger than you. And it feels like it's going to eat you alive. And those feelings, when you feel like you just can't, I just can't deal with this anymore. feels like it's bigger than you. That's because it's shadow and shadow is your, your conscious mind is really only like 3% of your consciousness. The other 97% is all in the dark. It's all happening underneath the water. You don't even know what's happening. And so, you know, having somebody there to help you integrate. I had a client who, you know, went and drank the medicine and, and then he came back. He's like, Oh yeah, the medicine told me that I was going to leave my wife and yada, yada, yada. Wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. How's your relationship? And what we really found out was he was not connected to his wife. He was not engaged in the relationship. And what the medicine was really showing him was if you keep going down this road, mm. then you're going to end up alone. Right. He thought it was telling him to go alone and almost ended a relationship that he was happy in, but he just wasn't engaged. And so he didn't know how to engage. And so then we look at, okay, what's keeping you from engaging? Well, there was this one time when, and now we're going into what's keeping him really present in the relationship. It's uh, my fear of engaging is what if she breaks? What, what if she crushes me? What if she takes my heart away? Oh, okay. And of course you would not want to engage then because this person is going to be the most, you're going to be in your most vulnerable stage is when you're with somebody who's intimate. So you have somebody there that can help you unravel those, those lessons that you're getting in a way that's meaningful and then integrate them into the world. But you don't need, I mean, the medicine is going to do what the medicine's going to do, but having a guide makes it a little bit easier for the Western mind to be able to integrate that stuff back into reality. And isn't that what it's always about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, no, that makes a ton of sense. And so um, before we wrap up, I just wondered, are there any other kind of key pieces of advice or tips or tools that you want to share? Yeah, breathe, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, remember, you're God having a human experience and give yourself permission to have that experience and, and look at where you, you, you know, you, you're suffering and, and, and give yourself permission to just put some space between you and the thoughts. And give yourself permission to just see, you know, just for a moment, you can, you can beat up on yourself later. I mean, nobody would ever talk to you the way that you talk to yourself. You'd never talk to anybody else the way that you talk to you. Just give yourself a moment just right here in this space to just set all that down and say, okay, what if I could learn to do this in a way that I didn't have to beat up on myself because I was, I was a friend to myself just for a moment. What would, how would your life change? Feel pretty good, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Go do that. You don't need a guide to do that. Go do that and see what happens. And then, and then follow where the resistance keeps you from doing that. Because anything keeps you from being your own best friend. You are your primary relationship. Nobody can separate you from you but you. Unfortunately, we're doing it to ourselves all the time. And we're killing ourselves with love. For sure. Okay, that is very powerful advice. So I'm sure listeners are going to want to hear more from you and see more about you. Where are the best places online or on social media that they can connect with you? Uh, well, the best place to probably connect with me is still Facebook. Um, that's where I spend a majority of my time. Um, and I think the links are going to be in here somewhere. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn um, for more of a business. I try to keep things more business-minded on LinkedIn. Um, then you can also find me on Twitter and on Instagram as well, obviously. But then on my website, masteringchange.com, mm -hmm. um, if you go there, um, you can also find me. I have an app. So if you go to your, uh, if you go to your uh, um, phone and you search for 30-Day Mental Cleanse, 
Um, I have an app that you can download that'll also help you start to kind of, I call it pulling on threads. So a thread turns into a string, a string is attached to a rope, a rope's tied to a chain and a chain is attached to an anchor. You pull the chain and the boat, the anchor comes up, the boat leaves the harbor, right? That's what we're doing here. We're pulling threads. And so you can download that app and, and it'll help you start to work on uh, pulling some threads in your life. And I do one-on-one coaching. We have an immersion process for folks that uh, really want to uh, really want to pull on some anchors when it really want to do some deep work and need a safe place where they can do that and learn what it means to be a shadow work practitioner. Um, we do, we do that three to four times a year um, right now in Orlando and we're growing across the United States. So we'd love to support you if you need something deeper. And I also do one-on-one coaching as well. So you can reach me at masteringchange.com. Awesome. Okay. No, that sounds really great. You've got tons of offerings. The app sounds really interesting. So I will definitely check that out. So I so much appreciate your time. And of course, your patience with all of our technology issues. Thank you so much for, for being with me today. Thank you very much, Sarah. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you're doing. You have a great day. You too. Have you read my novel Pendulum by S.E. German yet? If not, what are you waiting for? And if you have, I would love to hear from you. If you don't know about Pendulum, it's a heartwarming story about a young boy who starts to experience neuropsychiatric symptoms after an infection. We follow the boy as he goes through many regular, real middle grade issues like moving, having a crush, playing sports, also while experiencing neuropsychiatric symptoms like anxiety, OCD, tics, panic attacks, and more. If you're interested in checking out Pendulum by S.E. German, it is available through Amazon Worldwide, where you can even see a preview of the book, or you can listen to chapter one, which is on episode 64 of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I hope you enjoy the novel, and thanks for your support. Thank you so much to Stephen Tuig for his time this week and digging into mastering change, shadow work, plant medicine with us, and all of the things. I really appreciated his patience as well. I had a lot of technical difficulties heading into this episode, and he was so patient hanging on um, while we got some of that sorted out and that we're then able to do a great conversation. So I hope that you've learned a lot from this episode. If you are interested in hearing more from Stephen, I know he gave a number of ideas, one being his masteringchange.com website, also finding him, Stephen Tuig, on LinkedIn. It's T-W-O-H-I-G. Also, you can click in the show notes if you're looking for the, the spelling of his name. And then, as he mentioned, he's on Instagram as well at at Stephen Tuig. Um, And also Facebook, Twitter, all those places. And check out the app at the App Store, 30 Day Mental Cleanse, and see what you think about some of his offerings. Um, If you're looking for more in terms of mastering change or transitions, as I mentioned off the top, you can check out episode 92, How to Master Transitions with Rachel Shumway, um, where it's a bit of a different take and uh, some different types of tools and advice as well. I hope that you are enjoying the nice fall weather that we're getting. We've got a bit of a mixed bag in terms of episodes coming up. I have a few episodes that focus on parenting in the next month 
month or so, as well as one that is really focused um, kind of pre-holidays on traveling with neurodiverse children and giving some tips and tricks and recommending a book that's uh, really useful in terms of traveling with neurodiverse uh, children and teens. So please stick around over the next few weeks. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and some of the offerings over the last month or so. And as always, I really appreciate you listening. If you have any feedback for what type of episode you'd love to see, I'm always looking for recommendations of practitioners to reach out to or topics to tackle or just whatever you're interested in, feel free to reach out to me. Instagram's probably the best place, at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady Gluten, L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N. Always happy to hear from you, and even if you have a series idea. So I have done a few series in the past, the Marriage and Partnership, the Back to School series. We did one on Pandas Pans as well. Always happy to hear your ideas, so feel free to reach out to me. Anyways, have a great week and thanks again for listening. Are you interested in having a published author speak in your classroom or at your community event? I'd be interested in speaking about my new novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, the writing process, mental health, Pandas Pans, podcasting, and more. Contact me at reallifeprojectco.com at gmail.com for both in-person and online bookings. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.